This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Chip Patterson joins us, as he does every Wednesday, from Cover 3 Podcast, CBSSports.com. Let me just start real quick with that. I'm not that shocked the Colorado won a TCU because I didn't think TCU was all that great, and they were preseason, what, 17th in the mm-hmm. country? I'm not, So I'm not that shocked. Um, but that surprised me. To, to Basically, for a guy to play every snap on offense just about and every snap on defense and be a star, really, on both sides of the ball. Uh, that was eye-opening, and I don't see why anybody would fade him for the Heisman regardless of record. Well, he's going to have some stiff competition in terms of actually going out and winning the Heisman Trophy, but Travis Hunter should not be a surprise to anybody. This is the former number one overall prospect, somebody who was so special and identified as someone who could be in that Chris Gamble, Charles Woodson, playing on both sides of the ball, never leaving the field. He is individually excellent in a way that should surprise no one. But Shadur Sanders should surprise people. That is an example of somebody who has worked at his craft and gotten better and better every single year. His measurables are not unique. His arm talent, you know, was not identified early on as something that was really special. But everyone who looks at him now and certainly what we saw on Saturday against TCU, like Shadur Sanders is as much in the Heisman Trophy conversation as Travis Hunter is. And he's Mm going to continue to put up 400, 500 (laughs) yards per game because of the way that this Colorado offense goes, which brings me back to where Colorado is. We released our CBS Sports 133 today. Colorado jumped from number 85 to number 24. That 61 spot jump is the one of the largest since we started this back in the 2015 season. And I think that we have to change our expectations for Colorado because look, The defense was leaky, too, (laughs) against TCU. They did give up 42 in this game, but it's, you know, North Carolina fans should feel very comfortable, (laughs) like, understanding what it's like with a team with an explosive offense and a defense that can't stop anybody. Not this year, of course. We, You know, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Uh, But, you know, we can even look at their Pac-12 brethren there, USC. Like, USC's highs are higher, but... They still gave up 28 points to San Jose State. Yeah. Like, I think USC is going to be in the Pac-12 title hunt because no one can outscore them. And I think that their defense is a little bit better than Colorado's. But Colorado can put up as many points as anyone on its schedule, including USC, thanks to the way that that offense runs and the special players that they have at the core of it. Pac-12, by the way, uh, undefeated in week one of the college football season. It's the first time that any league has ever done that in week one of the season. And I'm like, you know, it's the last year for it pretty much, unless, you know, there is a loophole there that Oregon state and Washington state could still fly the flag for a couple of more years, even as a conference of two. And I would love to see, it'd be like, uh, be like champions league football, uh, home and home. And then the winner on aggregate, you're declared the conference champion, or maybe they play a third time uh, for the uh, I think for- I have to play six. There's a game. There is a. Oh, game you have to play six conference games. Okay. Yeah, there's a game requirement in the loophole where it would have to be a home and 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 home. Do it six times. Oregon State and Washington. We have a series. Be best of best of nine. Chip Patterson is here. ACC was pretty good. Yeah. This uh, this opening weekend. 
So we'll work uh we'll work chronologically. Start with the Tar Heels. What impressed you? What's what jumped out to you over in the win over South Carolina? Um <clears throat> I mean the 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 headline stuff um is you know we've gotten to at this point in the process talking here on a Wednesday. You know the idea that you're going to get more than half your sack total in a single game. I liked some of the comments from the players talking about a mentality shift, you know, like a, a mindset that has changed. And there, there might be something to be said for uh, how a lot of those players have matured, right? You know, mm -hmm. like players that came in with three-star, four-star, some of them blue chips on National Signing Day, you're fist pumping because Mac's getting it done, you know, bringing in some, some good players on the defensive line, and then you wonder why the defensive line looks like it's a little bit uh, small and maybe getting pushed around in recent years. Well, guess what? You know, whether it's player development, um, the, the physical maturation of human beings, uh, or getting <laughs> it done in the weight room, that, that group does not look as, as small and like no. it was getting pushed around. And so that was important. And in the mindset thing, like we've got uh, a lot of players left in the transfer portal. Some players came in from the transfer portal. You know, we, we're, and we're talking about pulling players from like Florida State, right? Right. Who are, are coming in and getting a fresh start and being able to really impact. And I, I, I think that that's what stands out to me as we talk here and start to spin this thing forward with, you know, App State coming to town, chip on their shoulder, with the Minnesota game coming up in a little bit. Right. And, of course, one of the nastiest offensive lines North Carolina will face all year, having to go play Pitt in week four, you know, that's where the maturation of this defense and what the players are saying is like a mindset shift uh, within the way that they approach things if they are aggressive, if they can stand tall, and if that becomes uh, the way that they're going to take care of business the rest of the way, it's good that they found this form now because they need that defense to mm -hmm. stand tall, be strong, and be aggressive here in, in the next couple weeks. Two, two things that I was looking for going into that game Saturday night. One was, all right, it's one of those bright lights moments. It's the opener, national TV, all of that, ABC, the whole thing. Uh, knowing that you weren't going to have the season you wanted to have if you didn't win the game. And it's an opponent that I mean, is in the same ballpark as you. I thought uh, Carolina probably had a little bit more pedigree in terms of uh, terms of talent, although some of the wide receiver talent wasn't on the field. So there was one of those bright lights games, and I was also looking to see something from the defensive front. Didn't have to necessarily be a defensive lineman, but you know nowadays uh, your, 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 edge rushers. your edge rushers or linebackers uh, but I wanted to see disruptors, and mm -hmm. we saw a lot of disruptors. My only fear is that maybe South Carolina's not that good um, because they could not run the ball a lick on North Carolina. And forget about rushing, whatever the rushing yard total was. They handed it to a running back 18 times. I think they went for more than five yards once, maybe twice, and they gained 20 total yards on those 18 carries. There was no success in the run game, and that was impressive to me. Start and tackle went down in what, like the fourth minute of the game for South Carolina? Yeah. And if you've been listening to the Cover 3 podcast all through the summer, you will have heard us say multiple times, offensive line depth is a real problem. And for the real degenerates out there, the way that we phrase <laughs> it is, if you see any South Carolina offensive linemen carried off the field, you just hammer the live line on the other side. <laughs> That, like, no <laughs> algorithm is going to be able to keep up 
with okay. the drop off when South Carolina has to go to its backup offensive lineman. They lost players to injury in the spring game. They lost yeah. players to the transfer portal. And then it's like, it truly is a situation for South Carolina and Spencer Rattler, where if you don't have one of those guy, top line guys, the person you are sending out there should not be playing power five football yet. And so, <clears throat> you know, take Antoine Juice Wells wasn't really a factor. No, he didn't, didn't play really. I don't think he, yeah, yeah he barely played. Yeah. Is it was a it was a limited South Carolina offense, but I don't think that that should change us adjusting the way that we consider North Carolina's defense and what we should expect from that group. Um, I, I I think that South Carolina probably is the twelfth best team in the SEC, so it's good for if you're North Carolina, maybe the third best team in the ACC, right? If not the second, then you're coming out of that. We'll get to that. We'll get to why they might be the yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, no, you're coming out of you're coming out of a 31 to 17 game having made some mistakes. Right. You're coming out of a 31 17 game being like, well, you know, that could have been 45 to 17. Before and, we, before we get to the team that is maybe third uh, on Chip Patterson's ACC rankings, or or maybe fourth on your ACC rankings, uh, real quick, was that more about Florida State or more about LSU? Oh, more about Florida State. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, LSU just got out coached in the second half. I thought that they, I thought their game plan was poor. LSU led that game at halftime, mm -hmm. and then they just totally bungled it. And Florida State running it up was very much like that was vintage Florida State. Do it, man. Like, the vintage Florida State is just pedal to the metal the entire way, and that was what that looked like because twenty-one points was not the down-to-down -down margin. 21 points was not really the way that, that that would go if those two teams played again. But in terms of Florida State being able to create some real confidence, I mean, they just they just out-coached them and out-executed them. It was, it was really, really impressive. It's much more about Florida State, a team that is deserving of jumping into that top-tier conversation uh, at the, the very top of whatever your power ratings, your rankings, uh, your polls, whatever they are, that's a top-five team. All right, now... Is Clemson the third or the fourth best team? Probably the fourth best team now in the ACC after uh, the Duke Blue Devils uh, put one on them. I, you know, we I'm, I'm joking, obviously. There's a lot of circumstances there. Still think Clemson is very good. Um, but what did you what did you take away from that game as much as anything? Oh, Duke. Uh, way, way, way more uh, about Duke and the. Um, a lot of the intangibles. I thought they brought the fight to Clemson. I thought that there was uh, a nastiness, an edge, yes. a relentlessness about the way that they were handling their business, and Clemson did not meet them. And that is like why everything started to fall apart. Clemson did not, and Dabo Sweeney, you know, of course, has been all on this inside the game on a down-to-down -down basis. Clemson was not awful. It's just at the worst possible moments, <laughs> they were worse than awful. Yeah. The fact that you have, I mean, so final score 28 to seven, but there's uh, two lost fumbles in the red zone. Sure. There are two turnovers on down in Duke territory. There are two missed field goals. Those are six legitimate scoring opportunities. Yep. Throw in the interception, which I think was near midfield. Clemson left 30 points. 
maybe. Could I mean, like, if you, if you want to be not that aggressive, minimum 20 to 24 points sure. on the field with their own miscues in a 21-point loss. Uh, they led at halftime. It was 7-6, to six, but again, yeah. like, they led at halftime. But the mo- I mean, Riley Leonard, I... I was actually wondering if Airlink, the uh, the tool that we use for me to connect, it was right. really, really slow. I was wondering if Airlink was trying to prevent me from eating crow since I knew I was going to be discussing this game with the number one Riley Leonard supporter, <laughs> Adam Gold. <laughs> Look, he, I mean, he was phenomenal. Yes. And that, the third down where he sort of breaks out and gets scampers off for the 44 yards, I was like, Clemson should not look like that. Well, Jeremiah Trotter had him. And then Riley Leonard said, no, you don't. So if he's going to break, I mean, there was a little bit of Daniel Jones in that play, right? Daniel Jones was an elite athlete at Duke. Of course, most people wouldn't recognize that because for obvious reasons. And for maybe a lot of people, they the same thing with Riley Leonard. Um he made some good throws. Duke did not Duke did not show any aggressiveness offensively in terms of trying to get the ball down the field. I didn't feel like they believed that they could get time for Leonard against Clemson's pass rush. And then when Clemson started blinging, bringing blitz after blitz after blitz, it really took Duke's vertical passing game out. I'm not sure Duke has much of one anyway, uh, but Duke did a lot of misdirection. They got their running backs out of the backfield in space, uh, some busted coverages. Uh, but my takeaway from the game was, yeah, Riley Leonard is uh, is an outstanding football player, but man, Duke was impressive on the defensive front. They were def- they were impressive in the secondary. They were physical. They were nasty. Like, how, all right, it's awesome. How about and let's 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 really blow this out here because everybody spent the offseason, myself included. I wrote a feature talking about. Uh, you know, Clemson's absence of the transfer portal, Florida State loading up. And let's compare these two. Let's compare these two. I don't I I don't think Al Blades, the starting defensive back for Duke, he didn't start at Duke, did he? Or 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 or, or Jake Hornibrook on the offensive yeah. line. No, 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 no. He didn't no, no. Duke had transfer portal contributors helping win that game. Yep. Also, defensively, zero respect for Clemson's wide receivers. None. They was manning up on yeah, Clemson. This is what I've been saying. It's like, Cle- we're going to play man-free. We're just going to go yep. one route. Like, we're just, we are going to run complete disrespect for your wide receivers winning one-on-one battle, battles against our defensive backs, which mm-hmm. again, for Duke, that's why the, what was your initial reaction? Like, Duke, we said, could be better. Schedule's going to be tougher. Right. They might not win as many games. I don't think that's the case anymore. I mean, I don't know. I, it, it all, I mean, they certainly... They should win Clemson their next look, two, right? They should win their Clemson next look, two. Well, yeah, yeah, like Clemson looks regular, right? They, but they're still really good. Like Clemson yeah. is a like regular Clemson is still on the same level of Duke, North Carolina, NC State. You know the teams that are all occupying a, a similar tier in the ACC. That's just not the Clemson standard to be occupying that fine, really good, like you know, yeah. good tier and. That certainly is where it looks like right now. I'm going to ask you about four games, and I'm going to let Chip Patterson go. Um, I think Clemson's offense just isn't good enough. Uh, whether it's uh, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's no dynamic players on the outside, I feel bad for Will Shipley, who's taking a he's going to take a beating again this year because he's the only thing that they've got. I think offensively that can be great, uh, but I don't think they can beat really good teams 
with the offense that they've got unless their defense just completely shuts teams down. It's just the way I look at Clemson's offense. So let me ask you about, there are four top ACC games uh, this week, and we'll see what you think about these four games. Uh, Notre Dame's at Carter-Finley at noon on uh, on another network, uh, Chip Patterson. Thoughts on w- the Wolfpack's chances there? Mm. Yeah. I'm with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I, I want it more than I think it, if right. that makes sense, right? I mean, the uh, the ghosts of Hurricane Matthew aren't coming through that door, nope. you know? I Well, we are supposed I, to get a lot of rain here, but it's not until next week, I think. So I'm, I am looking at uh, – well, number one, so Notre Dame, one of the things that's going to make them very dynamic and difficult to defend against most of the opponents on their schedule is obviously the presence of Sam Hartman. And I do think that in their group of wide receivers, the players who are back have gotten better, and the young players uh, like Great House will continue to come along throughout the year. However, I do think NC State is one of the best secondaries that they're going to face the entire season. So maybe you're able to neutralize some of that. But the defensive line yeah. against UConn at times, yeah. not it. That's my word. So they weren't 100%. I think that they are getting healthier. I think that on the offensive line and defensive line, we're going to see um, we're going to see some improvements from NC State from the injury report uh, injury report perspective. But then on the on the other side of this for uh, the NC State offense, it's going to be it's going to be really difficult. This is a this is a Notre Dame defense that is nasty, and I think that they've done a better job. Uh, they, they lost a player named Isaiah Foskey, who was responsible for a lot of their havoc plays last year, and I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to replace him. The heights, weights, and speeds you know didn't jump off the page to me, but it was Navy. It's, it is as great a test for Notre Dame's defense as anything else for me to figure out what's going on uh, with Notre Dame defensively, but I'm. I'm I'm a little bit concerned yeah. overall about them being able to just control the game. Yeah. Uh, control the line of scrimmage. Football. Just hand the ball to uh, Estime all all day long, and I don't know how State's going to stop it. Hopefully they will, uh, and maybe you can force them into some mistakes because this will be the best team by far that the Irish have played. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit further ahead in the uh, in the day. Carolina and App State. We're not going to see 63-61. Like we did a year ago, I don't think App's offense is going to be as good as it was a year ago, and Carolina's defense clearly isn't as bad as it was a year ago. But I think I think Carolina's got to back up what they did last week with another impressive game, and I think for for Carolina, they probably have to win comfortably. Might be the wrong word here, but I think they have to be emphatically better. It would not be a surprise if this is a sweat. It no, would not, not at surprise all. me if in the hangover spot with the Mountaineers coming down the mountain, chip on their shoulder, they did not start good. Backup quarterback comes in and is able to lead them to a victory. So you've got all of a sudden a little bit of a scheme change, a little bit of a you know spice or uncertainty in terms of what you're going to get from App State offensively. I, I would not be surprised if North Carolina plays down a little bit and App State plays up. However... That should still be a Tar Heels win. No question. Where it gets concerning for me would be if um, Drake May has a couple of, you know, like I don't want Drake May to have a Jameis season. And obviously (laughs) Jameis Winston won the Heisman Trophy in 2013. Uh, Drake May was ninth in the Heisman Trophy voting. Jameis Winston won a national championship. Drake May went nine and five. Like 
But what I'm talking about is you have that first right. redshirt freshman superstar announce yourself to college football year and everything's amazing. Because you look at Drake May's whole profile from last season, it is on par with Heisman Trophy winners in the years they won it, like a Kyler Murray, a Lamar Jackson, uh, a Johnny Manziel, in terms of his pro prolific production, throwing the ball, running the ball, all of that adds up that he had like a Heisman Trophy-ish season. But then the next year, Jameis threw a bunch of picks. He was Yeah, it was not good. He was very shaky. They won a lot of those games. Florida State still won a lot right. of games, but it was it was with some mistakes. And so I, I would say that the, the next level North Carolina App State storyline is Drake May and just cleaning up a few of the errors from the South Carolina game. And look, North Carolina wants nothing else but wins, but to have him playing at his peak – is the true difference maker for the toughest games on that schedule. Chip Patterson is here. Final thing, I just need your give me winners for these two games. Um, Purdue at Virginia Tech. I know Virginia Tech, uh, it, Old, Old Dominion's not supposed to be good, but at least but, Virginia Tech won the game. And they, no, 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 <laughs> even better. Grant Wells had a good game, and I did not think he was a good quarterback. And okay. Grant Wells was out there. He only had like five or six incompletions. He had three touchdown passes. They went to the transfer portal, and they brought in some good players at wide receiver. My response in spring practice was, that's great. Who's going to throw them the ball? You know, like, <laughs> wasn't sure that Brent Pride right. fixed any of his issues, but they're playing at home. They should be playing with more confidence. I think that they exceeded my expectations against ODU, and Purdue is coming off a really heartbreaking, high-scoring loss to Fresno State. You want to talk about a sneaky, good-for-the-ACC type game? Let Virginia Tech win at home against Purdue on ESPN2, and that'll... like I won't change my expectations for Virginia Tech in terms of where they fit in the ACC picture, but it will help the ACC look better to right. get that power. Need work. that. And the other one is Texas A&M at Miami. Miami was good, effective against Miami of Ohio, but that's just Miami of Ohio. Uh, Texas A&M, what are they doing in Coral Gables? Oh, boy. Mario Cristobal and Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> Under! <laughs> we got ourselves two head coaches that love to limit what their offenses are able to do with their own decision-making. <laughs> This thing is going to be it's, – it's going to come down to something dumb. Here's my big thought on Miami. I think that Miami's defense is awesome. Okay. I think Lance Gidry, their defensive coordinator that they hired, um, I think that that was a really smart and savvy hire. They have multiple, like almost a handful of players who I think are going to be in the NFL. Leonard Taylor soon, Cameron Kinchin soon, James Williams soon, uh, maybe a few other players. Maui Goa, the brother who's a linebacker, he might be out there soon too. They run full rotations. Their pass rush combos are sick. Got a freshman named Ruben Bain. I think Miami will lead with its defense. I am worried that Tyler Van Dyke is just a guy. And we thought a couple of years ago he, he was really good, right? In the last he year the he wasn't very good. Of the year. He was the offensive rookie of the year in the conference. Yep. But I'm I'm a little bit concerned that that might have been a, a good marriage of scheme, coaching, and player. He has a great arm, an arm talent. But I, I'm worried that it, it, he might be just a guy. So, I mean, I'm looking at, seriously, 17 to 9 again. Oh, or okay. You know, something like low scoring because Texas A&M, I think even with the upgrade of Bobby Petrino as offensive coordinator, will struggle against a Miami defense I think is excellent. And I think that Miami's offense almost limits itself against good competition yeah. just because they don't have it.
Wouldn't it be great if the ACC could get a third win against the SEC in the first two weeks of the season? Chip Patterson, my friend, I appreciate your time as always. We will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Y'all be well.